Well, good morning, church. How's everyone doing? Good? It's good to see you guys here this morning. And once again, if you're our guest, if this is your first time at NCC, we want to welcome you and say thanks so much for joining us this morning. And um, for everyone that's new, whether this is your first Sunday or whether you've come for a couple of months, just want to remind you today is Connect Lunch. And so we would love the opportunity to hang out with you. And so at 1230, after our second service, um, we'll have a free lunch here. Childcare is provided. And please, if you can come back, we want to talk to you about just getting connected here at NCC, share a little bit of our story and hear what God's doing in your life and find out if there's a way we can help you grow. And so please um, mark that down. If you have a chance, please come back today. We would love to have you. And we are in our third and final week of this series called Creature of Habit. We're talking about habits in our life, what that looks like, how those things are formed. It's been a great few weeks. Um, I trust that God is gonna speak something to you today and encourage you. And so we started week one talking about the good. Um, we talked about forming good habits, how habits are made. If you guys remember this, it all starts with noticing. Um, you're alerted to something, wanting that desire in your heart, doing, and then liking. And it creates that habit circle in our life. And then last week, Pastor Sarah did an amazing job. She talked about um, how bad habits are formed and how God made our brain and how we're wired, all of those things, and how we avoid that sinful nature and those bad habits in our life. And so I get the pleasure of talking about the ugly today. And here's what I mean by the ugly. This is the difficult one is habits are hard, okay? If you're forming something new, if you're trying to do something different, if you're trying to stop a bad habit or start a good one, it is hard work, okay? It's ugly, it's difficult. And so I wanna talk about that today. How do we look beyond that? What does God's word say about that? How do we become encouraged through that? And we continue with it even through the difficulty, even when you feel like throwing in the towel, how do we continue to persevere? So we're gonna talk about this today and look at it. And um, once again, I wanna encourage you, take notes, write down some things that God speaks to you and let that um, stay with you as we walk through this year. Now, as I was researching this, I came across this story. You guys may have heard of this. The year was 1972, was um, in Stanford, okay? Some of you guys were around back then, I guess. Uh, 1972, and um, there were some social scientists, some behavioral scientists, um, psychologists that were doing a study. They did it um, at Stanford University. It became very famously known as the marshmallow study. You guys may have heard of this or um, seen video of it, but it's this amazing study. They took kids, I think from the ages of four to eight years old, um, from a local preschool, or they called it a nursery back then, and they had them sit in a room and one of the scientists walked in, there were cameras in the room so they could observe the kids, and they put one marshmallow in front of them, right? And they told the kids this, hey, we're gonna set this marshmallow here. If you can wait 10 minutes, they're gonna leave the room. When we come back, you get two. Now, everyone knows this, especially kids, right? That two is better than one, right? Kids know that two is better than one, especially when it comes to something that you like, two is better than one. And so they're sitting there looking at that marshmallow, knowing that if they can just wait 10 minutes, they will get two. And so the scientist leaves the room and you start to observe what the kids begin to do. Some of them start to sing, okay? They wanna distract themselves. So they're trying to find something else to preoccupy their mind. Don't think of the marshmallow. Don't think of the marshmallow. Don't think of the marshmallow. Others are hiding their eyes. If I don't see it, it's not there, right? Like if I don't see it, it's not. And so they're covering up their eyes just trying to avoid the marshmallow. Others just tried to take a nap. 
They close their eyes, put their head down. They're trying to sleep through the 10 minutes, if I can just get through there. And a number of them actually made it. They went all the way through the 10 minutes. The scientist came back in. He gave them two marshmallows. He gave them an extra one. There were a few kids, the door didn't even shut. Like the scientist is barely out of the room and they're already stuffing their face with the marshmallow. Now, I don't know where you would be at in that equation, but it was super interesting to find out um, they continued that study. It didn't just end in that room there observing the little kids, but it continued and they found out that those kids that practice self-control, that could get through the ugly part of habits, of that willpower and, and could do that that it actually had effects later in their life. Their education scores were higher as they went through high school. They went further in their career. When they were later surveyed, they found out that they were happier in their marriage and had a better outlook on life, all because they were able to practice this idea of willpower or um, later gratification, delayed gratification. And so I want us to look at this, the ugly part, the difficult part of forming habits, of saying no to ourselves. how willpower plays into that and what it is that God's word speaks to us. And this is so vitally important. Once again, we're changing mindsets in this sermon series right here. And so there's things that we've brought into 2019 that God wants to begin to shift. And we can, once again this year, get to hard things difficult habits that we either want to break or we want to start and we could think it's too hard. I'm going to throw in the towel. I just can't do it. I can't do it. And this morning, I believe God wants to encourage us and remind us, no, we can do what he's called us to do. We can become the people that God has called us to become. Also, we can come into this idea of forming new habits, of starting good habits and breaking bad ones. And you can wrongly assume I have to do this alone. And as we're going to see from God's word, that is simply not true. You're not doing this alone. And so we're going to be in a number of different passages today. And so you can write these down. Um, The page numbers will be up there. We're going to start in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. We're going to start reading at verse 13. Um, So you can grab one of those blue Bibles. You can just write these verses down and go back and refer to them later um, because we're going to hit a number of them today. But looking at this idea, how do we deal with the ugly part of habits, the difficult, the willpower in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 talks about this. In verse 13, this is an author named Paul. He's one of the writers of the New Testament. This is a few decades after the time of Jesus dying and resurrecting and ascending back into heaven. And the church is growing, the church is spreading. And so Paul writes a letter to the church, just like a church setting like this, that he wants to read and he wants them to encourage them in their faith. And this is what he says, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. What is Paul saying there? No temptation has overtaken you. He's saying there's no temptation. There's nothing you're facing in your life that someone else hasn't faced before you. So just stop and think about that, okay? When you're sitting on the couch and you want to keep on grabbing for those cookies, someone else has faced that before you. Paul's like, hey, that happened thousands of years ago in the city of Corinth, right? People are going through that when you want to overindulge, when you want to be lazy and not take care of your physical health. Yep, other people face that before you. It's common to humankind. It's common to mankind. We all go through that, okay? So no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. However, God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, Listen to that. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. 
Now, what's Paul reminding the church? He's saying, you're going to face things. It's going to be hard. You're going to want to break some bad habits. There's even going to be sin in your life that's going to try to tempt you. But I want you to know other people have faced it. God is faithful. He's with you. And whatever you're going through, whatever that temptation is, God has made the way of escape. There's a way out. And he's making sure that you can endure it. So just think about that. Whatever it is, you feel tempted to flirt with someone at your workplace and you know that's not a relationship I should be in. Christ has made the way out. You guys, you're struggling by looking or putting things in front of your eyes that you should not put there. Christ has made the way out. There's an addiction that you feel like it's just got a hold of me. Christ has made the way out. That's what Paul's reminding us of. And so the first idea, this is hard. Habits are difficult to break. Temptation is difficult. But you need to know this. You have the power to say no. You have the power to say no. You do. You may not feel like it at times. You have the power to say no. Christ has opened the door. God's spirit opens the door and he says, there is a way out of this temptation. You can say no. Now I want you to just, we're going to practice this this morning, okay? Because you're going to get in a situation this week. There's going to be a habit there this week, okay? So I want you to just think about that. Look at the person next to you and imagine they're that habit, okay? They're that extra cookie, They're that Netflix TV show that you're wanting to binge, but you said you, they're that social media app and you said you were gonna read more this year, open up God's word more. Okay, and just look at them and firmly say no. Okay, some of you guys, that's not gonna be enough to beat that temptation, okay? You gotta be more passionate. Let's do it again. No. Okay, there you go. Now smile at them and let them know that you love them, okay? They're not the enemy. It's that temptation, okay? We just use that. You have the power to say no in that situation, in that moment. Students, you're in the cafeteria and someone starts to gossip and you know something about that person. You have the power to say no. I'm not gonna talk about that individual. I'm not gonna be that type of individual that talks behind. I have the power to say no. You need to know that in your life, each and every one of us, whatever it is you're facing, there is a way out. There's a door. For those of you that spend too much time on social media, the door is the power off button on your phone, okay? That's the door. It's late at night and you see something that you should not on TV. The door is the power off button on the remote, okay? You want to work out more. The door is your legs. Get up off the couch. This is the door God has given you. Get up off the couch and start to move towards the car to go to the, that's the door. Christ has given you the door. You're not facing anything that you can't have the way out of. Now, the question is, are we going to say no? That's the difficult thing, isn't it? That you and I, that we practice that, that we say no. I was reading one pastor and um, he's been in ministry a long time and he was speaking with a group of pastors and he says, let me tell you my secret sauce to breaking bad habits. Let me tell you my secret sauce to continuing to do good. The thing that has helped me, he said, I constantly make decisions against myself. I constantly make decisions against myself. And then he went on to say this, nothing compounds interest like delayed gratification. Nothing gives you more bang for your buck. Nothing else will multiply in your life like delayed gratification. Do you guys remember this from week one? We said, we think habits are like this. They just steadily grow, but they're not. It's difficult. It's hard. You're wanting to give up, but all of a sudden it hits this curve. And all of a sudden you realize I'm further along at this point than I thought I would be. I thought I'd be here, but I'm up here. Why? 
Because delayed gratification, it's like compound interest. It grows and you hit this point. It's difficult, it's hard, but if you will make decisions against yourself, it will pay out in the end. And so I was reading about this this week and this is another number that stood out to me. This number right here, 600. Do you realize you have 600 skeletal muscles in your body or right around there? 600 skeletal muscles in your body. Guessing those are the things that help us move and do activity. Those are the things that help us do everything that we are able to do. Do you know that if you could somehow leverage, I know you couldn't really do this, but if you could somehow leverage all of those in the same direction, doing the exact same thing, moving in the same effort, you could lift 25,000 pounds. That's a lot of energy. It's a lot of muscles. It's a lot of movement. 25,000 pounds. You're thinking, no, I can't. I can barely lift 10 pounds, the, the curls, right? I can barely do that. No, you could lift 20. If you could somehow leverage all of, you have a lot of strong muscles in your body. Your jaw muscle that helps you talk and all of that can compress 200 pounds. It's got 200 pounds of force there, okay? And some of you talk a lot. So you use that. You work out that muscle, right? So you have some strong muscles. All of these help you say yes. There is one muscle that says no. It's not a physical muscle. It's your willpower. And think about this. How often are you working that out? It's the beginning of the year. All of us are thinking about these 600 muscles, getting in shape, right? Doing all of those things. How many of us are thinking about working out this one muscle? Willpower. It's not a physical thing. It's, it's in our mind that we practice the ability to say no. No. Because 600, and this has to be strong, because 600 other muscles in your body are saying, yes, I can do that. I can keep eating. I can keep doing that. One muscle is telling you, hey, you need to say no. Now, some of you, you've been working that out because for the first 21 days of this year, you practice saying no to social media. You shut that off in your life. Others of you said no to your favorite Netflix or Hulu show. And you said, I'm not going to binge watch. I'm going to take the first 21 days and I'm going to fast that. Others of you, you fasted maybe music that you like, or you fasted sugar or sweets or wheat. Some of you even fasted different meals through that 21 days. You practice saying no over and over again because you realize, hey, that helps me whenever I'm faced with temptation. Christ has given me the way out. I have the ability. I have the power to say no. And I just want to challenge you with this. As it comes to the difficulty, there is no magic formula. And there's no easy way around this, okay? There is no one Bible verse that if I just read that, everything becomes magically easy. No, it takes effort on your part. It takes working out on your part. It takes that effort of you as an individual. But if you will continue to say, God, I want to say no to myself, it's gonna, be, it's gonna help you so much more in the long run. It's gonna strengthen that idea of willpower in your life. You have the ability to say no. Yes, it's hard but there is a way out of every temptation that you and I face. The next thing is this right here is you're not doing this alone. You've got a workout partner. Now, excuse the health or the gym metaphor, but I've been at the gym more, so that's immediately what came to my mind. As we look at the ugly part of habits, the difficult part of habits, what's hard about habits, we have to realize we have someone else doing this with us. We don't have to go through this alone. So when you're in those moments and you're trying to say no to yourself, when you're facing that temptation and when you're walking through that, you realize I don't just have to psych myself up. 
I don't have to try to do this on my own effort. That God has given us a guide. God has given us his spirit. You've got a workout partner. And God's scripture talks about this. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 says this, For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power, of love, and self-control. Now, I've heard that verse quoted so many times. Hey, you don't have to be afraid. If you're scared at night, parents say that to their kids. God's not given us a spirit of fear. If you're facing a difficult situation, you've got something going on with your physical health, you don't have to have a spirit of fear. And many times we stop right there. But that's not the whole verse. He goes on to say, hey, God's given you a spirit of power, of love, and of self-control. God's spirit working inside of you actually produces self-control in your life. The spirit that God has placed in you, the work of God's spirit inside of our life, power, love, and self-control. What does self-control do? It helps you to say no. It helps you to say, you know what? I don't have to give into that temptation. I don't have to give into that bad habit. Paul writes once again, the same guy in Galatians chapter five, verse 22, Galatians 5, 22. And he says, hey, there's this long list of bad habits and of sin that everyone knows about. There's drunkenness, there's gossip, there's slander. He goes through this, there's sexual immorality. He goes through this whole list. I could keep on going, but then he stops and he says this, but there's something else at work in your life. There's the fruit of the spirit. There's something that happens when God's spirit dwells inside of you as a believer, that you're not just facing the world like you did before, but God's spirit is actually producing fruit just like a tree grows fruit. God's spirit in your life produces fruit. And so he goes down this list. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You have a workout partner. You have someone that is there with you as you're facing things, as you're going through your day, as you're walking through temptation. God's spirit has given you self-control. And so that mindset where you're like, I just can't do it. It's too hard. I, I've tried now for two weeks. I guess I should give up. I can't. No, God's spirit has given you self-control. You have it. It's at work inside of your life. God's spirit is there wanting to produce that fruit in you of self-control. Now, once again, the question is, will we listen to the voice of God's spirit? Will we allow him to work inside of our life? But we have to understand this reality is you're no longer doing this alone. So whatever that bad habit is you thought of a few moments ago, and it doesn't matter if you're saying, Aaron, but I've done this for decades now, or this has been in my life for years. This morning, I want you to realize you're not doing this alone. You don't have to do this on your own, that God's spirit is there. He's encouraging you. You've got this. He's strengthening you. He's building up self-control, that ability to say no in your life. He's reminding you of that. So let me give this to you just very practically. God's spirit is not just there when you pray. God's spirit is not just in your life when we're in a room like this and we're singing songs and we're clapping our hands. God's spirit is with you every single day in every moment of your life. That song that we sang, you've never failed me yet, God. He's not abandoned you. He doesn't leave you when you walk out of those doors on a Sunday morning, whenever you leave this building, God's spirit is not like, okay, I'll see you next week. Hope you do okay this week. No, he's walking with you and he's wanting to produce self-control in your life. So what do you do? 
Well, once again, to use the gym analogy, if you're working out and you get that bar up and you can't lift it anymore, what do you ask your workout partner? Hey, I need some help. Help, right? So it doesn't crush me. Spot me. Help me out. And that's what we need to do. You need to start asking God when you're in that situation and that temptation is there. God, I'm being tempted. I need some help in this moment. God, I need your help. I need some of that self-control. I need you to strengthen me. So over the past couple of weeks, I'm running on the treadmill and I start to get to just that first mile and I'm thinking, I can't keep going. And so what do I do? I pray for God to strengthen me. I know it may sound weird to you, but I'm asking for his help in every part of my life. He's there. He's given me that discipline. He's giving me that strength. When you're facing that temptation, you ask him, Lord, I need your self-control in this moment. God, I need your help for what I'm going through right now, Lord. I need you to assist me. I need you to be here with me in this moment. You don't have to do this alone. You're not facing the temptation by yourself. You're asking God, Lord, be with me in this moment. Help me, God, to continue to do what you've asked me to do. He's there to help you. He's there to strengthen you. Is it going to be difficult? Yes. This is not a message that, hey, you can start some good habits. You can break some bad ones. And it's all so simple. No, this is a difficult thing. But you need to know you're not doing this by yourself. So I want to remind you this morning, you have the power to say no. To whatever those temptations are, to the sin in your life, to the bad habits, you have the power to say no. You need to know that you're not doing this on your own. And the last thing that I want to remind you of is this right here. This is not just about a new habit. It's about a new you. This is not just about a new habit. It's about a new you. And let me be honest. I've tricked you guys for the past two and a half weeks now, I guess. Because we've been talking about habits, but that's not been my goal at all. See, the goal is not that you would be able to read more this year, or maybe learn a new language, or eat better. I mean, you could do those, and that's not really the purpose of all of this. The purpose is a change in your identity, to change in who you are. See, it's not good just to, well, I ran further this year, maybe I read an extra book, but it's the kind of person that you're becoming. And it's ultimately what Christ wants to do in your life. And I want to remind you, Jesus did not come just so you would behave better. Jesus did not come just to alter your behavior or to make you a good person. He came to give you a new identity, a new life. He came to change who you are on the inside, not just to change who you are on the outside. And so as we've been talking these past few weeks, this is what I want to end with. This is not just about a new habit. It's about a new you. It's about who Christ wants you to become this year. It's about the kind of person that you're becoming and what the Holy Spirit is shaping you into in your life. It's about becoming a new individual. I shared this on social media with one of the books that I was reading this year. And the author said this, the secret to not sinning is not not sinning. He's saying, hey, it's not just trying harder. Don't let me sin. Let me break that bad habit. But he said, the secret to sinning less is dreaming more. You need a God-sized dream that is bigger and better than whatever that temptation is that you face. 
You need something in your life. You need a picture of the kind of person that God is calling you to, the kind of individual that God wants you to be, who your new identity is in Christ. You need to keep that in front of you, and that is what's going to get you past that ugly part of this is difficult, and it's hard, and it hurts sometimes, but you start to remember, Christ, you've called me to something more. This isn't just about changing my behavior. This is about becoming a new person, Christ. It's what you're doing on the inside of me. That's why we've talked about this for three weeks now. Not just because I want you to have better behavior, but because I want you to become the person that Christ has called you to. First Peter chapter two, verse nine talks about this. And he's writing to the church and he says this, you are a chosen race. You are a royal priesthood. God said, I look at you and I see a holy nation. You are a people of my possession that you may proclaim the excellency of God who called you out of darkness, out of your bad habits, out of your sinful nature. He's given you a new identity and he calls you into his marvelous light. That's what this is about. He said, I'm telling you, leave that other stuff behind. Leave that darkness behind. And he said, when I look at your life, I see something royal about you. I see something amazing in your life. I see a holiness and a righteousness in you. I'm creating something new inside of you. This isn't just about habits. This is about a new you, the identity that Christ is calling you into. So let me give you a picture of this is you're looking at the habits inside of your life. I'm looking at the habits inside of my life. And every day, you have the opportunity to vote of the kind of individual that you want to be. Now, you may start by thinking about that habit, right? And so we'll just take um, one of, hey, I'm going to get up, I'm going to start praying more in the morning. Well, it's not just about a prayer time, right? It's not just about setting the alarm five minutes earlier and I didn't sleep in and I I said something to Christ. It's about becoming more like him. It's about becoming a mature follower of Christ. It's about becoming a disciple of Christ. And so you get up, the alarm goes off tomorrow morning and you don't hit snooze. And all of a sudden you vote, I'm a mature follower of Christ. Now that's not a lot, but you do it the next day and you do it the next day. And all of a sudden, you've elected a new person in your life. I'm going to become someone that cares about my health. And so you walk past the chip aisle at the store, and you're praying to God's spirit, Lord, help me not grab that bag of chips. But all of a sudden, you voted. You elected a new person in your life. Hey, I'm someone who cares about my health. There's a new identity inside of me now. I'm not who I was before. And you keep voting with those habits. You keep voting a new identity. One day, you eat a cookie, and then you eat more than you should. You voted the wrong way. But the next day, you come back, you keep voting. It's about a new identity, church. It's about what he's calling you to. It's about what he's speaking over your life. He wants to make you new. He doesn't want to just change your behavior. He wants to change who you are on the inside. And so I've been practicing this. I knew I was going to preach this. And so my kids laugh at me because I will stand in front of the TV and I will start to say out loud, yes, it's 6 p.m. and I want to sit down on the couch, but I am someone who cares about my physical health. And so I'm going to the gym. 
I want to sit down. I want to watch that Netflix show, but I am going to the gym because today I'm going to vote to be someone who cares about my physical health. I told you my blanket stops me from praying. And so I kick it off in the morning and I say, no, I'm going to vote today to look more like Christ, to reflect more of him inside of my life to get up a few minutes earlier and to spend some time before I rush into my day talking with Jesus, allowing his spirit to guide me, inviting Christ into my life. Every day I'm voting, God, I wanna be made into a new person. I'm electing a new person in my life. This is a new identity that Christ is calling me to. Now, I don't know what that looks like for you. I don't know what that statement is inside of your life, but I want you to think about that. Don't just focus in on a habit. This isn't just about new habits. This is about Christ calling you his own. You're his possession. He's chosen you. He's called you for himself. He has a new identity for your life and he's inviting you in 2019 to walk with him, to change, to be made different, to vote every day and become that person that Christ is wanting you to become what it is that he's wanting to do inside of your life. Now quickly, before I pray, I just wanna encourage you, we're gonna do this together as a church for anyone who wants to. And if you're like, Aaron, I don't know what it looks like to fully walk with the spirit. I don't know what it looks like to engage with God every day. I don't know what it looks like to be more identified with him and to break some of the mindsets of the past. On February 10th, we're gonna kick off a discipleship course to do that here at the church. And I wanna be clear, this is not a Bible study. So this is not just a few weeks of just looking at some different passages. This is gonna be an intense discipleship course to say, hey, we want to grow this year. We wanna be identified with Christ. We wanna break some mindsets from the past and we wanna step into our new identity, all that Christ has for us. This is gonna be a powerful time together and I've been praying and fasting and I believe God is gonna change some of you guys that the course over these next few weeks, you're gonna look back and say, this was a pivotal moment as I gave myself, as I dug in, as I engaged and I sacrificed some things, Christ changed me and I know who I am in Christ now. I'm a new person and I wanna encourage you to be praying and saying, God, is this something you would have me to do? It's a commitment. It's an eight week commitment to say, God, I want to do this, but I believe God wants to change as he's calling us to be identified with him. This isn't just about new behavior. It's about a new identity.